from Sure Trust, one for all. This is One For All from Sure Trust, aiming to build a future where rewarding employment is accessible for all. We believe in fairness, equality and opportunity. We are the largest not-for-profit employment support service in the UK. We are a social purpose organisation, challenging inequality and breaking down barriers to enable social mobility. Recording from Manchester, this is One for All, the podcast to motivate and inspire you through your job-seeking journey. I'm Emily, and today I am joined by Tegan Palmer, Network Manager at the Girls Network in London. Today we are going to be talking about mentoring and the value of seeking help and support. So hi Tegan, thanks so much for joining me today. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about your career journey, really. Yeah, sure. So... It sounds a little bit cliche, I suppose, Um, but you'll know because we both grew up in Cornwall um, that in some ways, like Cornwall's one of the most magical places on earth, but it's lacking in a lot of ways. And one of those ways is diversity. And I feel like from a really early age, I was really interested in people and stories and relationships like that was a real motivator for me um and I I guess I started exploring that by reading um you know books books I feel like enable you to discover the world and different stories and experiences in a really safe way um so that I guess kind of sparked my interest in people and and what they have to bring to the world and what makes them amazing and unique I studied English um, at university, particularly interested in poetry, again, because I think the kind of immediacy of sharing like people's truths. Then uh, when I left uni, I went straight into working in schools and discovered that it was a really easy translation, that passion for people and relationships and stories into working in schools. Um, So stuck with that um, and did my PGCE in secondary English. Um, at Bristol University, which was brilliant in a lot of ways, um, but really challenging in a lot of ways too. If there are any teachers out there, you're you're the best and most noble people in the country and the world, I would say. Um, so did that, did my teacher training, then went on to do a master's um, purely for the love of, of poetry and English. Uh, and then moved to London um, and thought, right, I really want to kind of use my knowledge of and and passion for working with people. And and at this point, it kind of developed into a, okay, how can I use what I have to develop and facilitate and I guess like empower others, maybe those who haven't had the the opportunities or the um, somebody just telling them that they are worth it, right? They deserve to be there. So 
I wanted to break into the charity sector. So I did, I was working in a cafe and a pub and then um, for minimum wage and then was, and then I did an unpaid internship um, at a charity in Brixton, uh, South London called the Baytree Centre. They're a brilliant organisation. They've been around for about 30 years and they work primarily with refugee and migrant families. So I did an unpaid internship there and then was really fortunate to be able to be hired by them full time. Um, and I was a mentor development coordinator there. So I was responsible for um, all of the, the mentoring programs throughout the organization. So we had kind of three uh, departments, if you like. It was youth, um, adult, um, and then the, the volunteer department, which kind of um, was responsible for onboarding and training all of the volunteers that worked at the center. Um, and I was able there to develop their, their mentoring programs and hold responsibility for about 200 uh, mentor-mentee pairs. Um, as well as develop the character education curriculum, which is something that was really interesting and was a chance to think about social action, actually, and, you know, getting young people to realise that they don't have to wait until they're grown ups or until somebody else tells them that they can do something. So that was really amazing to be able to do. Um, so I was at the Baytree Centre for a year or so uh, and then um, a job at the Girls Network came along. I'd been following them for a while. Then I applied um, for the London Network Manager role and I've been there for over two years now. The Girls Network is a charity. We have been around for the past eight years um, and we were founded by two teachers um, who were Teach First teachers uh, working in inner city London schools. Um, and they identified um, what we call a, a double disadvantage working against the girls particularly in their classrooms so they were working in um, schools that were in relatively deprived and disadvantaged areas and you know and I know that that word disadvantage means a huge great big range of lots of different things right social disadvantage economic disadvantage many of these young people might be uh, young carers they might be looked after children um, lots of different kind of social barriers and challenges working against them. Um, and they noticed about the girls in their classroom, right, it wasn't that their aspirations were any less than their male counterparts. It was that they, they really lacked two vital things to enable them to achieve those aspirations. One was the self-belief and confidence that they would be able to get there, that they'd be able to achieve what they, what they wanted to. So, you know, you'd, they'd sit down with one of the with a girl and say, right, what do you want to do in the future? And she would say, oh, I really want to be an architect. Um, and then they'd say, right, so how are we going to get you there? You know, what what will you need to do at college and what might you do at university? Um, and straight away, the girl would be like, oh, I'm, I, I want to be an architect, but I'm not actually going to be able to do that. You know, they just didn't believe it. And that is as a result of gender stereotypes. And, and we are all very aware of, of gender stereotypes and the fact that they work against those who identify as as women from the moment that we're born so that's that's what we call the the glass ceiling if you like um and then there's the class ceiling which many of these girls were subject to as well so because they were from the least advantaged communities um the fact was that they didn't see many people who identified as women who looked like them who were in professional roles um, so one of our co-founders, Becca, she took a group of girls on a school trip into central London um, and 
they they were standing outside the gherkin and there was a woman wearing a suit walking into the building this was eight years ago in london um woman wearing a suit walking into the gherkin and the girl tapped becca on the shoulder and was like miss why is that woman here like why is she wearing a suit and becca realized oh my goodness this girl didn't realize that a woman could be a working professional like in an office in central london because of this kind of double disadvantage, the world is really missing out, right? Because these girls have so much to give, so much to offer. And what they need is somebody to to sit opposite them and say, look, I really believe in you and, and you have what it takes. And this is what we're going to we're going to work together to kind of give you the the skills and, and the confidence to to go for it, to, to shoot for the stars, because you absolutely deserve to. That is how the Girls Network started. Um, Charlie and Becca decided to bring in just a few women from their own personal networks um, to speed network um, with with girls in their classes. So they gave the girls some questions to ask them. The girls just kind of asked them about their careers, their professional experiences, what tips they have and the impact, the result on the girls after just that evening was so incredibly notable. So Charlie and Becca made the quite scary decision to leave teaching and found a charity. Um, that was eight years ago in London. We now work with over a thousand girls a year and we're in eight different regions across the UK. So um, Sussex, Portsmouth, London, Birmingham, Manchester, Merseyside, Newcastle and the Tees Valley. It is just really incredible to, to kind of see um, the power that comes out of a network of people who are passionate about real systemic social change. Um, and it's really an, an honor just to be able to, I kind of consider myself a bit of a facilitator. Um, like I feel like young people have potentially a better understanding than older generations do about how to create a world that is kind of truly equitable, right? That is truly based on justice and acknowledgement of difference and, and the celebration of that. Um, and it's, it's such an honor to just be able to, to work with them and to give them um, a, a platform, I suppose, to kind of share their, their viewpoints and their experiences. I thought it was interesting you were saying about, um, you know, giving the idea to the girls about that they can, you know, be an architect. It's not, well, I'd like to do that, but I can't, like, just giving them that belief, as you said, um, and kind of allowing them and empowering them to then think, actually, no, I can, yeah, make that my life and my reality, I think is so important, like, life, yeah. li literally life-changing. So it's... um. Yeah, it's very, it's very exciting. Um, so, I mean, what kind of brings you, you mentioned a little bit about the kind of two, the double disadvantage, mm. um, but tell us a bit more about mentoring, kind of what other reasons might someone seek that support? So when we're thinking about what a, a typical like mentoring journey might be or, or what you might be able to expect from being mentored, um, I feel like there are, there's a useful way to, to think about the kind of different spaces that, that mentors can, can occupy and the kind of work that you can do. So like imagine a graph. One of the axes is um, like from, from challenging to nurturing. And the other one um, is goes from directive to non-directive, right? So we can see the differences um, between that. So challenging to nurturing and directive to non-directive. Um, and in those four kind of like quadrants, I suppose, um, is 
the the kind of different roles that a mentor might take or the different expectations that you might have or ask of your mentor so um so the the first one i suppose is a coach so on a specifically identified area you might say right i want to work on this i want to work on my public speaking i want to work on my understanding of of finance and the charity sex specifically identified area and then your mentor your coach uh, directs those conversations and provides opportunities for practicing skills on that identified area only um then there's the guardian which is uh, kind of a bit more of just a role model and ad an advisor someone who believes in you and advocates for you and just kind of like has your back in that way um then there's the kind of more pastoral side of mentoring. So someone who really like supports with those like self-care and well-being sides of things, um, which God knows we all need at the moment. Um, so a mentor might might just act as like a sounding board, um, be somebody who you go to when you're feeling a bit like worried or stressed about something. And you can just ask, you can ask some questions and then they can kind of facilitate you getting to the answers yourself. Um, as well as kind of listening to you and supporting you without judgment. Um, and then I think the one um, to really um, think about both in terms of what you can do as a mentor, but also what you can ask a mentor to do for you um, is this idea of being a facilitator. So somebody who really encourages um, and like actively builds self-reliance. So um, how can you um, access like networks and opportunities how can your mentor make introductions and and um coordinate opportunities that mean that you develop this this sense of independence you know that that sense that you can face the world and all of the challenges um yourself and not with your mentor there of course your mentor will be there but it is this this idea of developing um that, that self-reliance and that independence. So hopefully that is a useful way to, to maybe identify a bit more closely, like what exactly would be helpful for you as an individual if and when you are looking for a mentor. Mm, I think definitely because, you know, some people may feel like they're struggling because they're out of employment, but it may be that they, you know, just need the general kind of sounding board or they do need the specific, um, you know, uh, access, not access, but kind of information about skills and such. So, it's not a one size fits all type thing like that's yeah I think that's really um, helpful for people to identify what they could um, gain from being mentored. You know I always say that everybody should be a mentor and be a mentee um, because it is it's so beneficial in so many ways. Um, there's a girl that I work with who goes to a school in Peckham um, and she it has been one of the young people who's inspired me the most and <clears throat> at our celebration event our national virtual celebration event in December um she came and did a speech and she and I'll always remember it she described mentoring um as an exchange of power between two individuals um and I think that that's a really lovely way to think about it both in terms of the fact that it's really um reciprocal um but also that when when we kind of we work together what 
comes out of that is really, really powerful and is, as you say, life changing. So at the Girls Network, we say that it's about working with the individual to identify, okay, what are your specific barriers and challenges that are preventing you from achieving what you want to achieve? And then how can we work together to kind of break down those barriers um, and develop various skills in order to, to achieve? So I don't know, maybe you're um, anxious about public speaking. Lots of people are, but as we know, it's a really important skill to have. Um, so identifying someone who you really admire because they're really fantastic at public speaking, ask them to support you with that. That coming back to that kind of um, reciprocity of it as well, it's um, I would say that it's really something to be proud of to identify an area that you want to develop and that you want help on, um, and. I think asking for help is uh, is kind of one of the one of not not necessarily brave, but one of the most kind of respected things that you can do, um, because, you know, what what better way to kind of spend time and energy is there than on, you know, working on you and kind of developing your like relationship with yourself and your your self-belief, etc. So I think yeah everyone should be a mentor and everyone should have a mentee multiple yeah no it's really um interesting obviously you know you are a mentor and you know you have this reciprocal kind of nature so i guess you are in some ways having being a mentee as well mm -hmm. and you know the manager side so i kind of know your stance on it and you know i know i know mine but i guess what would you say to someone who maybe thought that seeking support or mentoring was you know a sign of of weakness you, which you know you and me don't think that but kind of mm -hmm. how can people maybe get past this idea of you know it's not always natural to go and ask for help or support mm -hmm. um so yeah kind of what would what would be your thing to say to those people you know if they were listening now yeah it's it's a really important question and i think something that lots of us have to i guess work through um and and question i guess i would say like nobody has all of the answers like nobody is perfect there's always you know i i feel like life is about learning right it's about discovering um and what better journey is there to go on than like a a, a conscious and like targeted and structured process of right okay this is something that I really am interested in because I feel like it's my passion or because I just feel like I'm really good at it or it's the thing that when I'm doing it it makes me forget that time is passing right how can I like harness that and develop that more it's 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 kind of just like a window of opportunity rather than a weakness right it's it's a a space that you can that you can build um rather than something to be ashamed of and i think that people really um if you if you approach somebody and say to them look i'm really interested in what you do and i would really love to ask you to be my mentor or just if we could have like a coffee or a zoom coffee um usually people are really really you know complimented and overjoyed to be asked because it makes you feel good 
to help somebody else, doesn't it? And if we're all helping each other, then, you know, that's that's the, the quickest way that the world is going to be a better place. If we're all kind of coming into our own and helping each other to do that. Um, so I, I would say just go for it. And one thing that I still have to say to myself and that I always say to the girls as well is just like, fake it until you make it I do feel like it's really useful to do that you know pretend that you're brave pretend that you're confident pretend that to have that like boldness and approach somebody and just ask for what you want because it's at some point and it's probably not in the on the in the far too distant future you'll realize oh my goodness so I actually am brave and bold and confident um you'll surprise yourself and and that is a really um really exciting process to go through it's so true and it's um just about yeah building up your confidence with those experiences as well and thinking you know I actually can do that I did that it was really scary but a I did it and I could do it again and it would be less scary and b hopefully you've got something really valuable from it meeting these people and getting these connections and as you said before this um kind of reciprocal nature again of it it's valuable to the person who is being kind of asked for their help as well because you never know like what they'll learn as well so it's um yeah it's just as you said just about doing it what is the worst that can happen yeah people exactly. people like to feel like they're being helpful and I think particularly um you know with with lockdown and COVID and everything and I don't know about you but I feel like people are becoming maybe more self-aware and mm. bringing things more close to home and really mm. kind of considering them their, themselves and their characters and mm -hmm. I don't know do, do you feel like the pandemic has kind of influenced maybe how many people you're getting who want to be yeah. mentored or mentees even yeah. as well like yeah. what impact has it had? Definitely well it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because last week we were doing a, a team day all of us at the Girls Network and my colleague um, the wonderful Stacey up in Newcastle she mentioned a survey that the ONS did um, to do with like overall well-being and, and they do one every year and they did one in 2020 just before the pandemic hit I don't know can't remember exactly but the reason that I bring it up is because um, this this survey which which tracks kind of people's overall well-being um, it dropped for the first time in 2019 um, from the beginning of when they started doing those surveys. And one of the kind of key markers um, on that survey, one of the key things they track is whether people feel like they're doing things that are worthwhile. As we can imagine, even if we haven't experienced it, when you're doing something that makes you feel like you're being useful or you're, you know, achieving something, whether that's just, you know, showing what your what your skills are and your passions are or doing something that's helping others, it feels really it feels really worthwhile in it and it really impacts your your self-worth, I think, and, and your overall sense of happiness. So I would say that yes, over the past year or so, we've had lots of people who are just kind of generally more interested in, okay, um, what does a network look like? And what does it look like if if you reach out and you ask for help? Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing to be able to facilitate that. And I, and I would say that actually, um, if you're someone who's, who's feeling like you're a bit of a, a dead end or maybe not a dead end, but you're not quite sure like which which door to open next. Actually, maybe becoming a mentor um, is a really useful way to um, like reevaluate 
what you bring to the world um, and kind of reflect upon your achievements and how much you have to give. Um, you know, even um, I, I work with mentors and colleagues um, who, you know, maybe they've been in the working world for a few years. Um, maybe they they did an apprenticeship straight out of college and um, and they say, oh, I don't really know. I don't really know what I have to bring to. I don't really know how much value I can I can lend. And then they sit down with um, with a young person and who is, you know, really excited and and. Um, maybe not even necessarily excited, but just kind of open. Um, and it makes them realize, oh my goodness, like I I just have so much to give. Um, and then that kind of enables you to think, to, to yeah, evaluate like what you want your life to look like. Like for example, I had a mentor and she was working in the financial sector and she was mentoring um, a young person who was really creative um, and they so they did quite a lot of creative work in their sessions and that meant that the mentor kind of rediscovered this passion that she had for photography um, and so she decided to go part-time on her job and, and start a photography business and she attributes that to those mentoring sessions with the girls so I would say you know even if maybe approaching somebody and asking them to be your mentor if that feels a little daunting why not mentor somebody else to start with see kind of what skills and reflections you can build from there and use that as a bit of a, a starting point or a, a springboard if you like to to reach out to others that's so interesting that's something i just wouldn't have thought of you know i've considered the idea of mentoring but i wouldn't have considered the actually the distinction between becoming a mentee or a mentor maybe not that different because mm. they're both going to lead to um, you know, becoming more self-aware and seeing your value and that type of thing and the things you bring to the world. So um, that's a really, really interesting point um, to make about kind of actually maybe you have a lot more to give than you might consider. We're so caught up in just daily life. We don't always take a step back and actually think about our, you know, the great things about us. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a really kind of nice, different way to view it, I suppose. So I guess if we talk about, um, you know, seeking out a mentor, what kind of support is there other than, you know, with the girls network that you're aware of at the moment? Mm, so there are, I would, I think there are quite a few businesses that will be like setting up their own mentoring schemes. Um, there are also lots of organisations which um, facilitate mentoring for young people specifically. Um, there are also lots of organisations um, which do that for people with neuro neurodiversity. Um, there are fewer, unfortunately, organisations which do facilitate mentoring um, for, I guess, kind of like professional mentoring um, for adults. And I think due to that, um, my advice is to be a little more ad hoc with it and actually perhaps it would be um, you'd, you'd get things moving much more quickly actually if you just kind of went for it and took it into your own hands um, and there are a few places which I think are really great to to do that um, and it's mostly social media 
Um, so Twitter, for example, um, there it's I mean, I connected with the CEO of Mental Health Foundation for England on Twitter last week because he's from Cornwall and I'm from Cornwall. So I just tweeted him like, where, get on, where are you from? <laughs> and he was get like, on. <laughs> um, so I think Twitter's really good because it, it allows you that like direct access to somebody. Um, and that there's something kind of like in, a bit more informal about that space. Um, so I think, yeah, Twitter is a really great place um, to to just kind of start exploring the the spheres um, that you see yourself in the and therefore the people that you might be interested in kind of following and then approaching or even just like having a quick call with who knows what's going to come out of that. Um, I think um, LinkedIn is a really great space as well. Um, and what I'm seeing in LinkedIn as well is that it's increasingly so just becoming um, like a, a place for people to, and maybe I'm just realizing that this is what LinkedIn is for, but it's a, it, I think it's a place for people to just kind of like track their own development. Like you can, um, I almost see it as like a bit of a like blog space. So you can just like chuck on all of your like professional reflections, maybe put on there like, looking for opportunities or looking to connect with people in these different sectors or industries um and it's a really i think just fantastic tool to kind of like um facilitate that self-reflection for you but also to um for you to be able to like share your journey with others whether that's others who are in a similar position to you and that they're like looking for opportunities or looking to learn more and develop or um to enable you to, to reach out to people who maybe you want to be them in like 10 years time. Um, so I would, that's what I would suggest actually is, is get on to, um, get onto the internet as though you haven't spent enough time on there over the past year or so anyway. Um, and, and just start to, to kind of, yeah, reach out to people in that respect. I think the other, um, the other thing to do, which is something that I, um, have, have got quite a lot of success from is um, using the network that I already have. So the, you know, my personal network, you know, us recording this podcast has come out of that, right? Um, so thinking, okay, who do I already have? Um, and just having a chat with them about like directions that you would like to go in. I think also, if there is a specific um, maybe organization and maybe they're a big business that you are keen to look at, Google it, have a look on their website and they might well have a scheme. Um, mm -hmm. So, for example, that mentor that I have from Barclays, that's part of a scheme that Barclays run, um, which pair kind of more senior colleagues in Barclays with younger um, people who want to develop professionally. Um, so, yeah, have have a look, see what's out there and, and just keep asking questions. Mm. And as you kind of said before, you know, just be brave and, you know, fake it in some some mm -hmm. instances kind of thing you know you might not go and uh have a chat with you know a ceo on the street or if you went into the office even you know you wouldn't necessarily pick up that conversation but it's just about being confident and i think that having um everything being remote now or you know most workplaces operating remotely almost gives people a bit more flexibility with who they yeah. communicate with it's almost easier because you're just another person yeah. on the screen and yeah. 
it's just as easy to pick up um, it's just as easy to, you know, send an email to a CEO as it is to ad an administrator or something like that, you know. So, right. and these people yeah. are all just people. They're people yeah. just like, exactly. like we are, you exactly. know. And they, these, you know, they they started out. We they all started out in exactly the same way that all of us have. Um, so, and I think that that for me is what it's all about, like humanity. Let's just connect with each other and be real. Um, and you know somebody's somebody's status isn't to be feared and I would say that the right people who have status are in those positions not because they want to they want people to be scared of them or because they want to hold that position away from others you know people want to they want to pay it forward they want to to share their their tips and tricks and how they got there um so yeah go for it and definitely people have loads more time because we're all just sit sat at home aren't we so no harm in just having a chat. What kind of routes could people who wanted to mentor, what could they go down? It depends who you feel like you could really lend value to. Um, but as I said, there are lots and lots of fantastic organisations, mostly charities, um, who facilitate mentoring. Um, and I would say, I mean, from from working at the Baytree Centre um, and and training mentors in different capacities there, and working at the Girls Network, um, even just coming coming to a like mentor training so I deliver trainings for our mentors in London um and it's an evening event and it's three and a half hours long um and that sounds long but actually it's it's really lovely and it's one of my favorite parts of the job because it's like bringing people together talking about why we're all here and what we might be able to do and people leave really energized and really inspired um so even just kind of like getting into a new um, space of people who are interested in mentoring in the same way that you are, who knows what's going to come out of that as well for you personally. Um, so there's the Girls Network. Um, we are always looking for mentors in all of our regions across the country. So you can find out more by going to our website. Um, in London, we know that the girls with whom we work are disproportionately black. So at the moment, we are specifically looking for those who identify as women who are black, because one of the things we say at the Girls Network is you can't be what you can't see. Um, and we're really passionate about um, addressing the, the lack of representation um, in terms of race that's that's in uh, almost, I, I guess, all of the sectors and industries. Um, so the Girls Network is great. Um, there's Reach Out. They're a really big national organisation who do lots of mentoring with young people. Um, the Princess Trust facilitate mentoring as well. They're really brilliant. Um, the Kids Network is a really uh, lovely organisation as well who are relatively new, who work with slightly younger children. So maybe you're scared of teenagers, but you feel like you can face a, a kid who's like under under 10. Um, they might be the, the organisation to go for. Um, more often than not just kind of making that initial leap um into signing up to be a mentor and even kind of thinking about okay what are like what are my skills and attributes that's one of the things that i get mentors to do actually in their own time after training is get a blank piece of paper and just write things i'm great at or things i'm proud of or my skills and attributes or whatever it is and then just to 
go just list it and actually if you're listening to this podcast like do it tonight or, or whenever you get a free moment write a list of all of the all of your achievements and all of the things that you're proud of whether it's big or small you know today i got out of bed and had breakfast that's an achievement that's something to be proud of um and i think that that just kind of doing that thinking even if you you don't end up actually actively being a mentor is a really really useful place to start So the Girls Network exists because only, well, this is, and this stat is maybe slightly outdated now, and we know that things have got worse um, over the past year, but only a third of teenage girls feel excited and positive about their futures. Um, and that to me is just absolutely devastating. Um, young people have such a huge amount to to bring to the world and to not feel excited about what opportunities there are and, and what aspirations they have um, is, is truly, truly saddening and means the world is missing out. So um, we do what we do because it's really important to uh, enable young people to realise that the world is their oyster and the world is lucky to have them exactly as they are. Um, at age 16, 50% of girls from the poorest homes achieve no GCSE passes above A3, so that's like a grade D. Um, less than 6% of girls from the poorest homes make it into higher education and only 2% reach the most selective universities. Um, there are over 100,000 more young women than men who are not in education, employment or training or who are economically inactive. Um, have a look at the Young Women's Trust. They do a lot of fantastic work um, and have just published a really um, quite upsetting report on, on the, the reality of the situation for young women in the UK. And 2020, as you can imagine, has made things worse. So Planned National UK, they're another really great organisation. And um, they report that around 43% of girls at the moment report feeling that they have no purpose. These, these kind of sad stats continue on into the professional world, into the working world. Um, this is a favourite one of mine, um, though I wish it wasn't the case. There are more men there are more ceos named steve than there are female ceos in the FTSE 100 stop. businesses that's, yeah that's shocking it's crazy that's, right that's, yeah that is crazy <laughs> wow that really yeah. makes you think i know Gosh, um yeah, and a favorite but a hater to be favorite Gosh. yeah yeah exactly and there are only five uh female FTSE 100 ceos um so that means that there are 95 uh male um, and women make up the majority of the low paid workers in the UK. So um, it's 62, it's women who are doing 62% of the jobs that pay less than the real living wage, which means that women in the UK are more likely to experience poverty than men and nearly a third of all working women in the UK are earning less than a living wage. And again, it just means that the world is mi missing out, right? Businesses are missing out from, from what women have to give. Um, so I would say that if you're a woman and you're looking for employment or you're looking to take that next step, know your rights um, and and know that there are organisations and there are people who um, are behind you to, to support you and help you and places you can go for advice. So have a look at the Fawcett Society. Um, they do some really great work and you can 
find uh, kind of employment advice there. The Equality Trust is another fantastic organisation who are campaigning um, and lobbying for, for changes to women's employment rights and um, really addressing unequal pay and the gender pay gap. Um, they're, they're a really great place to go and there are lots of resources and lots of really um, clear um, ways to learn about what your rights are and, and what you can ask for from organisations. And if you're under 30, the Prince's Trust is a really great place to go as well. And the Young Women's Trust, um, the Young Women's Trust do coaching for women under 30, free careers coaching. Um, and so I really recommend you check that out if if you're interested too. So, I mean, we've talked there a lot about, you know, the disadvantages that people who identify as a woman face. Um, what would you say to people who don't identify as a woman that they could do to support help I don't even know what the right word is but mm. you know to, to better the situation I suppose mm -hmm. well I hate it when people say that feminism is exclusive it's it's really not and um, I would say that if you're a person who believes that everyone deserves equal opportunities then you are a feminist and you're also uh, an equality and justice advocate. And that sounds grand, but we all need to be that if the world is going to be a better place, I think. And, and if the people who deserve to have, you know, the people who are in positions of power and status, not all of them really deserve to be there, do they? You know, like there are lots of people who have got their due to privilege and other people who would have a huge amount to give, who just never have those opportunities. So what I'm saying is think about um, what power you have, what what position are you in um, and how can you use that for the powers of good? So is it that you have uh, connections? Maybe you went to a specific, you grew up in a particular area and because of that, you know, um, people in lots of different industries, um, how can you kind of employ those contacts in a way that will enable people who perhaps don't have those opportunities to benefit from you being a bit of a, a bit of a, a stepladder? Um, if you don't feel like there's um, a, a kind of network that you can open up to other people who maybe don't have those networks, I would say the a really important and highly recommended place to start is just to kind of learn about the the, the facts and the statistics about the the situation of of um, inequality in in this country and I'm not just talking about gender inequality I'm talking about all different inequalities you know and there are so many really um, amazing places that you can go to to learn more about the realities of the situation because the only way that we are going to be able to dismantle the the structures of power and privilege that exist in this country and mean that some benefit from them and, and others um, are kind of actively held back because of them um, is is first to to know that they're there right and that I don't think should ever be anyone's excuse do your research um, inform yourself if you don't know, ask questions. Don't be afraid of admitting that you didn't know something or, or, or changing your opinion, changing your view. It's um, something to be really proud of to be always learning, I think. So how can you like challenge yourself um, to develop a, a better understanding of 
um, inequalities that exist and then again challenge yourself further to to be that person who stands up for making some kind of change. So I know that the Girls Network had a really cool um, project last year, um, the Imperium, but is that still still going? Yes, so the Imperium um, was, uh, we were really, really delighted and proud to be able to launch the first ever women's empowerment marketplace. So stuck for what to get um, a female friend or, or someone who identifies as a woman um, a, a present maybe for last um, festive season or for their birthday that might be coming up maybe um, she might want a glass ceiling hammer just to to allow her to smash through that glass ceiling it's exactly the right size for her small delicate hands and will help her break through even the toughest workplace barriers um, maybe you want to get her a pay gap filler um, so that she can do it herself to fill in that pay gap without making too much of a fuss um, maybe you want to get her those lean-in heels, um, stylish shoes that are as fashionable as they are functional, um, made by empowerment experts. They are carefully angled to make leaning in as easy as pie to enable you to stride confidently into the office, negotiate with courage and feel just like a leader. I could go on. Clearly, this is a joke. Um, you know it's a joke. Um, and this was something that we created as part of our um, winter campaign um, to enable people to buy something that will actually empower girls and women um, during the festive season, but it is still continuing. So what you can do is navigate to the Empowerium website. You can click through all of those fantastic um, different products that we have. You can even get it specially gift wrapped um, with some beautiful wrapping paper um, featuring uh, Give Us a Smile Sweetheart paper, which is my personal favourite. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I don't know whether to, to cry or laugh, really. Um, cry, but... always cry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and never smile. <laughs> um, and you can uh, find out more about what the Girls Network do as well as um, give us a donation um, from as little as five pounds. It really, it really does help to reach out to more girls and, and to allow them to break into the working world, um, all jokes aside. We've talked a lot then about, um, you know, we began with sort of gender inequality and I guess that's, you know, because of mainly your work is focusing on um, mentoring people who identify as women so I guess bringing it back to to mentoring um, I just wondered if you could share any you know success stories of mentors or people who have been mentored um, just you know as a kind of to bring it back to that and maybe encourage people to you know get get involved in either way as we said it could be that the distinction is quite small which I yeah. thought about until this so that was really really great but yeah <laughs> yes with pleasure I could talk about this for ages um, we there's this, okay, there's a girl, she um, went to a school in Tower Hamlets um, and when she came onto our programme, she was really quite shy. Um, she hadn't spent much time outside of her borough um, and her confidence like 
traveling independently um really you know she wanted to really work on that um and she also wanted to work on on her on her confidence overall she had aspirations to go, of going into law um and so she and her mentor those were those the two key goals really um was to work on her developing her confidence um and and kind of public speaking um, as well as just kind of that self-belief and also that independent travel. Over the first formal year of their mentoring journey, they focused on these things. Um, and by the end of, of the, the first formal year, she was traveling independently around London, as well as feeling much braver about putting her hand up in class and contributing what she had to say. And I guess, therefore, like believing that what she had to say was of value, right? Um, and when she came to the end of her program, she said to us that she was really interested in other opportunities. So when girls finish the first formal year of mentoring at the Girls Network, they become ambassadors of the Girls Network, which essentially means that they have the support of the Girls Network for life. They are part of the network in whatever way they choose to take advantage of that. And we share lots of opportunities with them. Um, and in London, actually, we've been able to place um, three ambassadors in their first full time paid roles because of opportunities that have come through our partners. Um, so anyway, he was keen on other opportunities. And then our celebration event um, in 2019, um, which was a large scale celebration event hosted by JP Morgan in London, um, we asked Fahin if she wanted to do a speech. Um, and she said yes, uh, she was scared, but she said yes. Um, so we kind of supported her to write that speech. We went over some public speaking tips, et cetera. Um, she came into the office and, and practiced a few times with us. And then she gave that speech at the celebration event. Um, we all cried, obviously. I cried quite a lot I in my job. Um, <laughs> I'm like, and I love it. Yeah, it makes me feel like that, just hearing this story and I don't even know anyone Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Um, so she gave this speech, her family came, her mum was like, I just can't believe the impact on her, like she's turned from a girl into a woman, um, unwitting Britney Spears reference, which I love. Um, and then she, she kind of, she said to us like, yeah, I, I feel like I have something to give. I feel like I have value now. Since then, um, she has been really instrumental in in developing the program and thinking about what's going to work for the mentees um specifically you know how can we make sure that the mentees are safe you know what if we ask them questions that that bring up like something that's upsetting for them um and she felt like she had lots of power and lots of freedom um and that is just like i'm so overjoyed to be able to have enabled her to feel that like really feel that in herself um so my goodness she's going to be changing the world and there are so many other other girls that that I feel the same way about great okay well thank you so much Tegan for joining us today um the information you shared has been really really um valuable so thank you my pleasure thank you so much for having me it's been a real joy From Sure Trust, one for all.